Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for joining us. The midterm elections are just one month away, about four weeks, and Democrats in Michigan are hoping for a wave election that will spell spell the end of complete Republican control of state government, which has lasted the better part of a decade. Last month, we spoke with Republican nominee for Secretary of State Mary Trader Lang about her candidacy for that office. Today, we hear from the Democrats' choice for that position. Jocelyn Benson is currently the CEO of the Ross Initiative in Sports for Equality and the former dean of the Wayne State University Law School. Jocelyn, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So uh, I want to start with uh, the idea that this is the second time that you're doing this, uh, you you ran for this office in in 2010, as well. Uh, talk to me about what's different this time. Uh, what looks different to you? What are you bringing to the to the campaign, and would you bring to the office that is maybe different than uh, eight years ago? And are the dynamics even in this race different than they were? That first time. Well, yeah, the first time I ran, I had just written a book on the Secretary of State's office that became the defining book. And (laughs) I I ran with a deep expertise and understanding of the knowledge of what that office does and how I could contribute to make it better. What what I now come to, two significant things have changed for me in, in the years since then. One, I became dean of Wayne State Law School. So I built a strong track record, essentially getting results. We froze tuition. I cut my budget. We expanded services, went up in the rankings. So I've demonstrated that I can successfully lead, successfully lead an institution, which I think is critical for anyone seeking to run any state agency. Secondly, as you know, I became a military spouse. Mm-hmm. My husband enlisted in the Army. He went to Afghanistan, served and uh, was active duty for four years in the 173rd Airborne. And that experience really defined essentially my decision to run again because uh, as, as I you know, came home one day in, in 2012 when he was overseas in Afghanistan and had worked really hard to get him his ballot and to get it back on time in that year's election. And I came home one day and found his ballot in the mail undeliverable and knew that um, the system failed and that if we lived in many other states, uh, it would have worked because of their policies that provided more protections for military voters to easily get their votes back and counted on time. Uh, and that was really definitive in my decision to run again because we still got a lot of work to do. And you know, no one in this state should ever feel that their vote is undeliverable, certainly mm-hmm. not our military service members. Yeah. Um, uh, you talked about the book that you wrote on mm-hmm. secretaries of state, and I used to I used to tease you about that <laughs> when you wrote it about yeah. how how much you knew about secretaries of state and how sort of uh, in love you were with the <laughs> yeah. idea uh, of of secretaries of state. Um, uh, talk about where we are though uh, in Michigan with both functions of the secretary of state, uh, yeah. b- both as chief of elections and the person who makes sure that you know we can all get our driver's licenses and license yeah, plates yeah. and things. Um, from from the perspective of the things you learned by going to all 50 states and taking a look at how they handle that thing, uh, those things, uh, how are we doing in Michigan? 
Well, yeah, the Secretary of State is the chief voter advocate and the chief driver safety advocate in the state. And on the first piece, I was amazed at how much other states were doing to really make their democracy more accessible and really promote these dual goals of making it easier to vote and harder to cheat. And so I wanted to, you know, and I do want to bring a lot of those ideas here to Michigan, no reason absentee voting, early voting, online voter registration that are now the norm in many other states. And what was so frustrating to me when I wrote this book was that Historically, Michigan has been the model for other states. Uh, in, when Richard Austin was our Secretary of State, he led the way for motor voter. The idea you should get to register to vote when you get your driver's license, that's now a national policy. Right. So historically, we've been that leader. We've fallen behind. And uh, and yet at the same time, we're at this critical moment in our democracy where we not only desperately need to get more people engaged in, in determining uh, who represents us, but also the threats to the security of our elections are more acute than ever before. Uh, and in that as well, there are states like Colorado and New Mexico who are in- implementing really strong audits of their machines to make sure they're counting ballots accurately. I want to bring those types of audits as well and other other best practices to Michigan so that we, again, lead the nation for a strong democracy. Yeah. On the driver safety side, what I've really seen is, you know, look, no one likes going to the DMV. No one likes going to the branch offices. So across the country, there are significant challenges with, with uh, wait times. Mm-hmm. Uh, where um, there are a lot of inefficiencies. And what I've seen in, in some states, uh, the marriage of technology to um, branch office services can really decrease wait times, partnering with local businesses to expand service opportunities, creating multi-year license plates, uh, all of those things some other states have that we don't. And that all kind of um, is wrapped up in my 30-minute guarantee. This idea you should be able to get in and out of a branch office in 30 minutes or less. Uh, the way to implement that will be born of what I have seen work in other states to reduce wait times. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you mentioned some some of the initiatives that other states are taking to make voting easier and quicker. Uh, we have uh, an initiative on the ballot here in Michigan this year, uh, Promote the Vote, which would enact a lot of those things. Uh, I talked with Mary Trader Lang, who's your Republican opponent, about them, and she had some real reservations about putting all of these things together uh, and and putting them on the ballot. That she said, you know, maybe some of those are good ideas. We should sort of weigh them uh, individually if if we're going to do them. What's your what's your take on that? Well, I think they're all good ideas, having seen the fact that most other states already have these things in place, like no reason absentee voting, early voting, and a provision to make it easier for military service members to receive and return their ballots, which I, again, experienced firsthand the challenges there. So I think it, it, I, it's an important initiative, and if it passes, it's even more important to have a secretary of state in place who has the expertise and knowledge that I do to ensure that it is implemented effectively and securely with that overall goal of easier to vote and harder to cheat. So, um, so with that, I think you know the that I think that the the main my main position is that I'm ready uh, on day one if this passes to implement it in a way that furthers the best ideas of how these are implemented around the country so that we can uh, you know do it uh, implement the initiative and, and and implement it well and effectively in time for the the next election in two years. Uh, what about the burden on clerks? Uh, that's another yeah. criticism people have of things like uh, last minute registration to vote, things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, that that the clerk's offices are already inundated mm-hmm. with work. Lots of them feel like they can't uh, manage things well enough. 
uh, as it is, uh, yeah. is this putting too much on their plates? Well, and that's exactly why you need a secretary of state who is going to be their partner and, and, and has a deep knowledge in how these have been implemented in other states and worked. A lot of that's going to be the state taking responsibility to support uh, and provide expertise and support for the clerks who already know so much about elections, but to provide that additional um, either boots on the ground or financial support, advocating for federal support uh, for implementation, working with private foundations to support uh, implementation. But I will be uh, a, a fierce ally for all of our local clerks across the state with uh, who, who may you know, have the opportunity to implement these changes in partnership with the Secretary of State's office. And I'm willing and ready to you know do as much as I can to provide, again, those support and resources to make sure that it's implemented effectively and successfully. And also, you know, for example, bring in clerks from other states who've done this, who've implemented it, uh, so that they can advise all of us on how to do it effectively and uh, with minimal cost. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of people who say that all of these initiatives that are part of Promote the Vote uh, are actually ways to get more Democratic voters uh, to the polls, uh, to, 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 to cast ballots, uh, and that this is uh, not just about making things fair, but giving one party an advantage. How do you, how do you answer that? I, I'm a data-driven, solution, solution-oriented person, and the data shows that it actually helps all voters participate more. It actually secures all of our votes by having post-election audits. So um, to me, that, that any type of um, there's no data that shows there's any partisan advantage. The data shows that more people participate, that our votes are more secure with post-election audits, uh, that military ballots, are, are more of them are counted on time and get back on time with these reforms. So that's what the data bears out, and I think you know the voters uh, are, are smart enough to see through any type of distraction um, or, or fear-based arguments and can really just see that this is about this proposal um, and these reforms, if implemented correctly and, and effectively, can uh, essentially enhance our democracy. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guest is Jocelyn Benson. She is the Democratic nominee for Secretary of State. Uh, we're talking about her campaign to become the Secretary of State. We're talking about what she'd do if she wins that race in November and talking a little bit about some of the ballot initiatives that Michigan voters will decide in November along with all of those statewide offices. If you want to join the conversation, if you have a question for Jocelyn, we want to hear from you. Uh, what, are, what do you think about our elections and our Secretary of State? Um, uh, what do you think about uh, branches and the, the places you wait in line to get your driver's license or license plates? Uh, what could be improved there? Or if you just have questions for Jocelyn about her campaign or the office, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is always the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and uh, we will work you into the conversation. Before we get to the phones, uh, Jocelyn, I want to ask you about uh, Michigan's election system and how vulnerable you think it is to some of the threats that we now know are out there actively seeking to undermine the integrity of, of, of people's votes. Are we in, in good shape or, are, or could we be in better shape? We could be in better shape for for. A, a couple of reasons. Number one, 
Um, as you know, someone comes from a military family, we know that you can be prepared for every threat you know of, but really adaptability and being able to be prepared for the evolving threats is key for security. And so part of my plan is to cr create an election security commission that will help us not just prepare for the threats we know of, but uh, ensure that we stay ahead of evolving threats as well. So that's a critical component. But in addition to that, you know, here in Michigan, we have optical scan machines, which are some of the most secure machines you can have. So we're good there. Uh, but at the same time, we, as we saw with the recount in 2016, we have a lot of work to do in ensuring our ballots are secured, that our poll workers are, are effectively trained across the state to handle our ballots effectively so that if there's a recount, for example, they can be recounted. So there are, there are clearly um, a lot of things that we can do to improve the security of our election to protect our voter registration data. Several states, uh, there were attempts to hack into that in 2016. We can anticipate those, those attempts will only increase and become more sophisticated. So to me, it's an ongoing evaluation, ongoing work to secure our elections. And what you really need in the Secretary of State's office is someone who's prepared on day one, as I am, to do that work. And that's why you, the former U.S. Secretary of Homeland Security, Jay Johnson, has, has supported our campaign. I'm the only Secretary of State nationwide who he supported with the recognition that I'm prepared to do the work that he's uniquely seen as necessary to secure our elections. Yeah. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Let's go to Joanne in Detroit. Joanne, welcome to Detroit today. Yes, hi, and hey. thank you for taking my call. Mm -hmm. One of my biggest concerns about elections in this state is I can't trust the recounts because, and I think uh, Ms. Benson alluded to that a bit, is that the, the problem that um, ballot boxes... The ballots in the boxes cannot be recounted if the number of applicants' signatures of people who applied to vote doesn't match the number of ballots inside the box, mm -hmm. uh, then it can't be recounted. That seems to me to be hugely problematic. And what do you think about that law, and would you do anything to advocate for that to be changed so that we could actually count all votes? Yeah. Great question, Joanne. Thanks yeah, very much thank for you. calling. Uh, go ahead, Jocelyn. And uh, I do have a plan to uh, address that. Essentially, I, and I've served as a poll worker in the city of Detroit. I've ran, I've run election protection programs that puts volunteers who are trained in election law at the polls to help protect the vote. Uh, and so I've seen on both sides how we've got a lot to do to ensure in the polling place on election day that everyone is uh, acting effectively to ensure that the voters' votes are secured and the ballots are are properly handled. So to address that, I want to uh, work with our clerks to standardize poll worker training across the state to ensure that everyone has access to the gold standard of, of poll worker training is prepared on election day. I want to work with our clerks to better recruit poll workers. There are a lot of great efforts and programs across the country that I want to bring here to Michigan so that we can get more people who, are in, who, who care about these issues and are knowledgeable to be um, partnering with our poll workers and working as poll workers themselves. And then finally, I believe in accountability. And I think if there is a problem on election day, if any poll worker does mishandle a ballot or if there is any problems or there's simply just um, any type of, uh, of, of incompetency on, on election day, uh, we need to hold our poll workers accountable and they should not be reappointed. And so uh, implementing those types of changes, I believe, will bring us closer to uh, preparing on election day to ensure our ballots are, are secured and our elections are recountable. Yeah, I mean, if you talk to clerks uh, around the state about, you know, preparing for elections, especially in, in large jurisdictions like Detroit, I mean, it's a really, mm -hmm. really daunting 
task. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't have a lot of full-time staff all the time, mm-hmm. uh, but then they have to sort of ramp up uh, with staffing and, and with competent staffing, mm-hmm. people who really understand how all this works in order to handle elections. Uh, I mean, I've always thought that's the reason that we end up with these discrepancies. It's not you know uh, anybody uh, fooling around with it it's it's that it's it's difficult to do mm-hmm. but but i always wonder is there a different way we can ensure that the people who are tasked with with handling the elections are are better trained and when i say that i mean i guess i'm asking whether we ought to make those full-time jobs mm-hmm. uh, and and put a little more money into mm-hmm. the process so that we're not counting on people who, you know, out of the goodness of their heart, decide they want to help with the election, but don't really understand how all of that is supposed to work. Yeah. And I I could say as someone who has served as a poll worker and sat in on poll worker trainings, there's a lot of inconsistencies and discrepancies around the state in terms of what what poll workers are being told or taught. And that's really where my background and expertise in election law, I mean, I taught election law at Wayne State. I still do. I'm an educator and by training. Uh, And so bringing that background to really both recruit a strong cadre of poll workers who um, who are passionate about the work and also to ensure and work with our local clerks to give them the resources to train and prepare them to do this important work is critical. Every so much of what we've talked about in terms of election law, reforms, policies, all of it comes to where the rubber meets the road on election day. And if you don't have poll workers on the front lines who are prepared to ensure the voters are having a a, a positive experience, that lines are moving quickly, that ballots are being cast and counted accurately, then everything falls apart. So it it is it is um, we often talk about improving poll worker training. But I can't emphasize enough how it's going to be a key component of my administration. And I think we've never seen that here in Michigan, where you have a secretary of state who will be actively involved, working in partnership with our clerks and, frankly, all our poll workers to make sure that we're all, as a team, prepared to do the important work on Election Day. But money's a part of that, right? Yes. Uh, where will you get that money? Public-private partnerships that will be transparent, uh, but also will recognize that there are a lot of people who have an interest in ensuring that our poll workers are adequately trained, working with uh, local businesses to uh, recruit recruit their employees and give them benefits if they if they decide to take a day off and serve as poll workers. So partnering with our community, with our business community, with, uh, with the federal government who uh, in other states have provided support and resources to the Election Assistant Commission for this effort, these types of efforts in other states. So there are resources out there, uh, I think, that, and that I want to be creatively to try to address without, of course, trying to, you know, uh, w- avoiding in every way possible any type of, you know, um, impact on our on our hardworking men and women in terms of, of tax paying citizens. Yeah. Uh, again, Joanne, thanks for the call and the questions. Let's go to Terry in Detroit. Terry, welcome to Detroit today. Uh, good morning, Stephen. Good morning, Ms. Vincent. Good My morning. question really has to do with um, access to the Secretary of State in the city of Detroit. I have gone uh, to the offices, waited in excess of an hour um, to get served. I've also had the opportunity to go to Secretary of State in Romeo and other more rural communities. You're in and out in five minutes. Hmm. My contention is that Detroit is underserved by the Secretary of State, and I'd like to know if you have a plan to increase the number of offices or expand the offices so Mm -hmm. that Detroiters can be better served. Hmm. Terry, thanks very much uh, for that uh, call and and that question. Uh, I want to pair Terry's call with a comment we have on Twitter. Chris on Twitter says, please open all Secretary of State's offices on Saturdays. People miss work to go sit for hours mm-hmm. at this place. Ohio does this. 
uh, and it is wonderful. That's something I didn't I didn't know. So mm-hmm. I'll give you a chance to address both. of Yeah, those. look, I live in the city of Detroit. I drive down Livernois every day and see the line outside that branch office, and it is uh, it is frustrating because I've also traveled the state extensively through this campaign, and I have seen that in some parts of the state, you're right, that's not the case. People can get in and out in under 30 minutes, and uh, and I want to take that statewide. I believe no matter where you are in the state of Michigan, you you should you deserve to be able to get in and out of a branch office in 30 minutes or less. And I have a number of reforms planned that are all geared towards that, uh, one of which involves working with our hardworking branch office employees to do a time study, increase efficiencies within the branch office themselves. Uh, Secondly, reducing the number of times you need to go to a branch office by putting more services, not just online, but creating things like an app or so you can do services on your phone or or multi-year license plates so that you don't have to go in every year. And then finally, I do want to partner with local businesses to provide other opportunities for us to do our, our, to renew our tabs. Let's say, for example, you know, I would envision you be able to renew your tabs while you do your banking or do your grocery shopping. So it's all about increasing conveniences for that office, but through the guise of, of, of wanting and with a goal of getting you in and out in 30 minutes or less. And I'll just add one more thing. Mm-hmm. We actually launched on our Facebook page today. If you go to my Facebook page, which is just Vote Benson on Facebook, you can go to the community section and we've launched a section where people can share their experiences, good and bad, with the Secretary of State's office because I have been inundated with comments and emails and posts on my own Facebook page with stories like these over the past year and year and a half. And we wanted to create a space that I will keep up as Secretary of State where we can continually provide feedback, uh, share stories, because I, you know, one hour wait time, as you mentioned, Terry, is actually, you know, on the I've heard four, five hours, six hours, uh, and uh, or, you know, Saturdays, of course, you know, or, or being open later during the week. So I have spoken with branch office uh, employees about ways that we can uh, change the hours, make their um, their their work experience also better and improve the culture in the offices. So I'm, I'm excited to work aggressively to meet this goal that I've set for myself and work with all of our citizens to make sure we're consistently improving our customer service in this very key component of the office. Uh, let's go to Keith. Keith in Harper Woods, uh, welcome to the show. Hello. Ms. Benson, um, I'm excited for your candidacy. I voted for you in 2010. I'm happy to vote for you again in 2018. Thank Uh, you. My question for you is, uh, what is a reform that you see that you can implement rather quickly if you are elected? And what is one of the reforms that you see that's going to be more challenging, that's going to take more time Mm -hmm. to implement, that's going to uh, improve services? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, day one, I want to start working, you know, implementing a lot of these changes on the branch offices that I spoke about. In particular, uh, do a time study of what's going on, where are the, where where are things working well in the branch offices. We we haven't done this uh, in recent years, as as employees have shared with me, to do basic research, make get the data on what can be improved as soon as possible, uh, and uh, and how to make those wait times move more quickly. Uh, I think you know the the issues with um, because our elections are so decentralized. Uh, I think a lot of the issues. With, with poll worker training and um, in making improvements, supporting our clerks, uh, and also working and talking with all of our clerks, that's going to take a little bit more time. We'll have a few years, and uh, not, not a whole lot of time, but a few years before the next statewide election. But that, I think, you know, I, I hope in really in investigating how we can increase turnout and create a culture of civic engagement in the state. Um, that's something that I want to start working on on day one and also bringing those election security measures into place uh, that I spoke about, the, the my military um, voting plan to improve voting for military. 
um, service members. I want to bring those into practice on day one, but really the implementation of a lot of that is going to take some time because so many people are involved with our elections process, uh, and uh, and and I want to bring everyone along as partners in this community. What I see as a statewide effort of all of us working together to improve elections. Mm-hmm. Keith, thanks very much for the call. Let's uh, go to Annette. Annette in West Bloomfield. Welcome to Detroit today. Hello. Yeah. Uh-huh. Thank you for having me. I was wondering, I went to a Michigan organ donation conference, mm. and they said that the Secretary of State's office actually has improved uh, people to register if they would like to become an organ donor through mm-hmm. their state license and or state ID. And it's only gone up to 65%. Is there some sort of plan to help promote that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, what a lot of, and thank you for your question. The the role of the Secretary of State in managing our organ donation database uh, and working with Gift of Life there is is often not talked about, but such a critical component of that office. So thank you for bringing it up, uh, and it's something that's personally important to me. I, I, also, as as a um, as a military spouse and and part of a military family, and working with a lot of folks who've really benefited from that service. So that said, I think the um, one of the ways that you can most significantly dramatically increase the number of people who are participating in the organ donation registry is one through education and an educational effort, which I want to uh, partner with Gift of Life to, to support. And secondly, by having branch office employees simply ask everyone who comes in, would you like to join the organ donor registry? That happens right now. In some places, they have the option to do so, but I would like to require it so that uh, we can uh, ensure that every citizen is educated about their opportunities there and how they can serve uh, and make it make it contribution, join the registry. Uh, and the data shows that that is one of the most effective ways to increase participation. Okay. Jocelyn Benson, Democratic <laughs> nominee for Secretary of State. you got four weeks left. Yeah. A little over day. four weeks. A little over four 33 weeks. 33 days. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, good luck to you. Thank as, you very uh, much. you continue the campaign. And please, everyone, go to our website, votebenson.com, if you'd like to read about any of my uh, plans that we haven't talked about today. Okay. Well, thanks very much for joining us here Thank on you. Detroit Today. Up next, Mitch Album has a new book out. We're going to talk to him about that and his continuing work in Haiti. Stay with us on Detroit Today. Thank you.